0: I'm Julian Jackson. You're listening to the Crockpot, the smorgasbord of sports news with a little added spice. Brought to you by the Score on Air Network. This is where you don't know what you're going to get until you grab a bowl and dip your ladle in. Sit back, relax, and listen to what's cooked. Green ejection and then results in a loss the other night. Yeah. What does this mean to you?
1: Yeah, that was uh that was a wild ending to that uh Warriors Hornets game. Um there was some controversy there about whether or not um, a timeout was called as Gordon Hayward was falling to the floor, uh, possible traveling violation. I'm not sure. Um, as he was falling, Draymond Green was able to tie it up. Uh, what looked like what should have been a jump ball, um, but ended up being a Hornets timeout. And then Draymond Green, of course, uh, being the character that he is, ended up getting himself ejected um I mean I in, in a way I don't blame him because there was something like I said some controversy to that to where as he's falling to the ground getting tied up with Draymond Green and the uh, Hornets still get the timeout and then after the timeout Terry Rozier hits the game winner it's it's I'll say it is that is something that the coach should be more upset about than the player of course, I think Draymond Green um, has every right to be upset because he thought that he got in there to prevent the timeout being called. Uh, but for him to ex- kind of exceed past a level to where he got the technicals and ended up being ejected was, I think, a little bit too much. But at the same time, I can see why he was upset.
0: He thinks is a little bit too much. Pretty boy, what you got?
1: Well, you know, I got to tell you, man, this is this
2: typical uh, – what, I would, what you always see when a guy makes a name for himself like this, man. If, if it's somebody else, it's a jump ball. You know what I mean? They don't get the timeout, but it's Draymond Green. So you're going to award, uh, you know, the other team the timeout. And it's, it's just typical because this is his reputation and you could just see the wheels turning. It was uh, boiling over in the fourth anyways, a couple of ticky-tack calls. He was arguing the whole time. And then not just really just set it off, but, you know, typical Draymond, um, this is what he does. Yeah. Well, and you
0: could make several arguments, you know, possibly, you know, the referee's a little bit more sensitive. What is it? What is the problem here? But this should not come as a surprise to anyone given his track record. And then also seeing is that he's been in a situation on so many different occasions, such as game five of the two, you know, 2016 NBA finals, stuff like that, kicking LeBron in his groin, which then resulted in a three to one, you know, it was a three, it was three, one deficit. And then the Cavs come back and win it. So yeah, like, they did baby. I don't want anyone to think otherwise. And everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but this dude is a freaking Yahoo. And I've been saying it for a long time and he, could not come to the league and shut his mouth, and there's also been arguments made that, you know, though smaller than, but being a leader of the team, I listened to his interview, I watched his interview several times to be able to see, you can't pull out what should be heartfelt, and you can only apologize for your actions so many times before you got to go ahead and take a trip and pack your bags, because that, for me, is it's absolutely inexplicable, and there's no reason why that should ever be the case. I don't care if your team is 2-16, and 16, or, or Owen, whatever, or if you guys have won 70 games in a season. Draymond Green, you need to cut it out. He's been doing this stuff for years. I had respect for him when he played at Michigan State, now he's coming in and he's doing this stuff for a team that, you know, is com- competing, and it's just it's, – it's toxic. And you, you cannot have that on your squad yet. He's a guy who you need to keep around.
1: Well, and, and part of that is if Draymond Green was anywhere else except the Warriors, I don't think that – any of the front office, the coaches, it wouldn't fly with anybody. But Steve Kerr and the Warriors organization know what kind of player they have in Draymond Green. Uh, He is a very competitive player. Um, And I think I've noticed in the past one or two years that he's gotten to that point where he's still going to be that kind of person on the floor, but He's gotten to the point where even after this incident, you know, he came out and kind of like apologized for what he had done and everything. And he's over the past year or so, past season or two, he's done that a little more often. Whereas to when he first came in the league, he was just Draymond Green and this is who I am. And now you guys are going to have to accept it. And all this stuff, but he's he, he has progressively gotten a little bit better as time has gone on about um, acknowledging his mistakes that he makes.
0: Well, and I don't really see any reason for that. He knows that he has the support of his teammates, but he also mentioned that in his post-game interview discussing that, you know, these are guys who support me in what I do, and they don't necessarily condemn me for what I do. However, we realize that it's a problem that needs to be taken care of. But I don't believe that he ever ended up actually saying, I need to take care of this on my own. He's not using I statements. The only thing he's doing is recognizing it's a problem, and it's a problem that needs to stop. Okay? It it stops being entertainment when your team now cannot move forward and get better because you are hindering them from doing that. So I don't know. Hopefully Steve Kerr will come up with something. But uh, I don't want to spend too much time on Dray- Draymond Green, but I knew that it would be a great way to be able to start off this crockpot, so let's stir it up a little bit, and let's get into some other controversy. Let's talk about the coaching controversy and, uh, with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves end up firing Ryan Saunders and hiring Chris Finch, It was an assistant for the Raptors, sitting on the bench. This is an issue. This is a big deal. And... The big problem is there are other guys who are sitting at home and on their couches right now who may be better fit for the job. Now, Seth, what do you have to say when it comes to this? Was this guy groomed to, or were they already expecting to be able to fire Saunders and be able to hire Finch? What what do
1: you have to say? Well, I think his track record going back to last year hasn't been very good uh obviously they've started uh, i believe it's 7 and 24 this season uh yeah minnesota started 7 and 24 and uh i didn't know that there was a team that was worse than the Cavs in the nba but hey here we are um no i'm i mean he obviously hasn't been producing uh to get the timberwolves the wins that they need uh and the Timberwolves have decided to move on to Chris Finch. Um, I mean, he's a guy, he's got 24 years of coaching experience in the pros that's overseas and in the U.S., Um, He's been with uh, Houston, the Rockets, in 2011 to 2016, the Nuggets in 16 to 17, the Pelicans in 17 to 2020, and most recently, like you said, the Raptors. But he is considered one of the best uh, offensive-minded coaches in the leagues, and you can see uh, the Pelicans uh not so much last year um bringing in Zion Williamson he had a, a rookie year that you'd expect um but he I, I this is definitely a step up from from Ryan Saunders okay well
0: i don't know Pretty boy, I saw you over there with that little head nod that It doesn't matter I'm what we're unsure it it about what he said. It doesn't
1: matter what we're talking about, he's always got something and to say. Know, That's what I love about it. it.
2: this is the thing when you when you get into stuff like this, man. The Timberwolves, the organization itself, they haven't been any good since who Latrell Spreewell and Kevin Garnett and what Wally Zerbiak and mm-hmm. those dudes, Sam Cassell. That was the last time they had a legitimate chance to win a championship so like this is just typical of a trash organization pulling some trash getting the guy off deep off somebody else's bench hoping he can come in and fix the problem but the problem is you ain't got the players because you keep giving them away and keep moving them and you keep
1: you this is what you do and see that's i'm glad that you brought that up because it's tough because you do have a couple good players on the team d'angelo russell Carl Anthony Towns, who's one of the better big men in the league. You're wasting him. You drafted Anthony Edwards out of Georgia in the draft last year, who just had a sweet posterized dunk on Saturday. But that's besides the point. You, you, you're starting to – obviously, they, they've been in a rebuilding phase for the past three or four years. Honestly, since Carl Anthony Towns came into Wiggins, the league. Since Wiggins. Since Wiggins, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's always tough to see teams go through – like a growing phase like this, like, I mean, my Cleveland Cavs are doing the same thing. But if you, I I, 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 it's, I I think part of it is a coaching problem because if I look at the roster for the Timberwolves and compare them to the rosters with the Cavs, I would take, honestly, the Timberwolves to win in a one-on-one matchup. But it's. <laughs> See, seven, you know, 7 and 7 and 24 it's it's more than just the players. Yeah, you're
2: comparing two very similar franchises. Like you you have one outlier player that changes the the history, the course of history of Cleveland Cavs basketball. LeBron right. James. I, I mean, you could say Kevin Garnett, but he didn't get a ring out there, so that's really hard to say right now, but mm-hmm. like the Cavs are going to be terrible for a very long time because their organization is terrible. Like, you know, one guy came in and did that, but it's just not well run. So it's just hard to just put teams together and and build around there when that organization is just known for not putting the right players in the right places.
1: Yeah,
0: And you're looking at a problem on several fronts because when you see that players – are not taking to the head coach of your franchise, and then what you do is you go to another franchise to pull one of their assistant coaches in, now he has to take on and inherit those issues that are in that locker room. Now he has to take on and inherit the problems within that franchise that lie within the entire front office, whether it be GM, president, Anybody else? So now you have to go and learn all these things, and that's what I'm saying. Was it already planned for, they already say, okay, Ryan Saunders, he's going to be capped at, boom, 30 games, and if he's not doing exceeding at this level, then we're going to go ahead and and can him, all right, and then we're going to bring somebody else in. So was this the only option? I disagree with it because you should be taking someone from within the organization to take this team the rest of the way because at this point, seven games, you've won, you got to scrap the year. And and that's and there's people who are upset about disenfranchisement of you know certain individuals and different coaches who should be eligible for this coaches who are black coaches who I, I I could care a little less when it comes to some of those arguments get get put the people in the right position to be able to make the team good again whatever it is that you need to do to put that together. There are plenty of eligibles, and that's a whole argument for a different time, but it's something I wanted to touch on because you don't just take someone else and just throw them into it and expect greatness. Will Ryan Finch be there again? Chris I Finch. Chris Finch, I'm sorry. Ryan Saunders was fired, but was Chris Finch, is he going to end up being there for three to five years now? Or are you going to allow for him to do the rebuild? I don't know. Only time will tell. But that right there, it's, it's simply inexcusable once again from another sports franchise who's struggling just like the Cavaliers have in the past and like many others. So it's just, it's its from its from the top down when you see these issues happen. And, and I'm looking at the leaders up top in the front office who have nothing to do with the basketball court. And you've got to take the guys who have deeper, more meaningful relationships with them to be able to make a turnaround. Yep. Before we end up, Going to break here in a little bit, I also wanted to be able to touch on the Ohio State basketball team. Now, Pretty Boy didn't even realize that they had a basketball team, and that's okay, because he loves talking all that smack. But I want to go ahead and note that, yes, did they lose to Michigan 92-87 to on Sunday? Yes, they did. It was a hard-fought game. It was very exciting to be able to see some of that. You'll hear a lot about that um, on our next show coming up in about an hour on Ball Don't Lie. But... For right now, what you're looking at with the Ohio State Buckeyes, they fell to Michigan. Michigan had two plus weeks of a layoff due to a COVID-19 outbreak in their entire athletics department. Everyone in winter sports programs, who they, they have active right now, was laid off for two weeks. There was no activities. I don't know how much practicing they were doing. I did not look that far into it. But they had this big break, come on back, and then they get to play against the Buckeyes right here in Columbus. So, they come back, and then, you know, you got Michigan-Ohio State because there's no Michigan-Ohio State game, so you've got a lot of people talking a lot of smack back and forth. You should have seen the chatter on Facebook, Twitter, all the rest of them. I was absolutely atrocious to look at. It's just a bunch of trash talk because you didn't get the Buckeye game that you wanted. Fans haven't been in the stands, so they feel like they can go off the wall. It's her usual. No. But while Michigan still remains at three after this victory, the Ohio State Buckeyes, Still sitting at four in the AP poll, but the coaches poll they fell back to fifth. In the Illini of Illinois moved into fourth. What does this mean moving forward? While Ohio State still has a number one seed currently in the in March Madness, you
2: it don't mean to- all, it don't mean a whole lot to me when you're talking about all these teams that from the Big Ten in the top ten. Like in you're the top losing, five, either. You're, you're losing to what. Two, th- three's losing to four. Four's losing to five. Five's beating six. Like, I mean, does it really matter in the in the grand scheme with a shuffle? I mean, you're talking about a, maybe a number one seed on the line, but I mean, you still are. This is there a Big Ten tournament? Yep. So you still got the Big Ten tournament. So you know, like, is a Big Ten team going to win the title this year? That's the question.
1: I mean, it looks. A little promising that way. I mean, Michigan at three, Ohio State at four, Illinois at five, Iowa at nine. I don't really know if Iowa has the defensive assets to Mm-mm. win a national championship.
2: if they do not.
1: Um, thank you. They, for do, the, they cannot. Thank you for feet. the accreditation. They're pretty boy. <laughs> 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 no. Um. I mean, I think it's in in part a little uh, big deal. I mean, like Pretty Boy had said, in this game, a three losing to a four. It's you look at the outcome of this game. Ohio State, the last like five minutes of that game, made some silly mistakes that they shouldn't have, and that honestly is what cost them the game. Um, I mean, Michigan in the first half shot 10 for 13 from three, and then they just went cold in the second half behind the line. And at halftime, they they shoot 10 to 13 from three, and you're still only down two, 45-43 at halftime. And they go cold from three, And you got to be able to capitalize on situations like that. Um, uh, Those silly mistakes ended up costing them. But this is exactly what I imagined when it was a number three versus a number four game that was being played. Um, And I'm I'm not surprised that you know after a five point loss that Ohio State didn't go down in the AP rankings. Um, I figured if they if something was to happen, they'd only drop like one spot. Um, You know they play. Uh, Michigan State uh, hosting number nine Iowa and hosting uh, number four, well number five, number four in the coaches poll. Illinois, Um, those kind of games. If they lose, if Ohio State ends up losing uh, one or potentially both, I'll say because there's always the possibility to those top ten ranked teams. uh, I don't see Ohio State dropping out of the top ten. Um, does it hurt their chances at a number one seed? Yeah, but I think the worst you're looking at is a two, and you'll you'll take that any day of the week.
2: Let me ask you a question: Who would you say is the best player in college? Not 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 that who's going to be the college player of the year, but that guy that's been in school like a D way for Marquette. Who is that guy? Because you got to worry about that guy when the tournament starts. You.
1: Well, it's like last year for Murray State with John Moran. There you go. You know, he Ooh. he he was that guy that whenever you played them, he was going to have to be the guy to stop. So, so who is that guy? One of the guys that pops out. I mean, obviously Luca Garza from Iowa, he's in consideration. I'm, done. Um, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm done. I whoa! I he hates.
0: Hates to love Luca Garza. <laughs> with him being a Big 10 guy one and then two, with him being a guy who's like, okay, so who will he start for in the NBA right now today?
1: Well, the other guy that I, comes to my mind is the Cunningham kid from Oklahoma State. He's projected to be him and Garza like one and two to, be, to go number one in the draft. Uh, it, when you play Oklahoma State, I think they're ranked in the top 15 right now, maybe top 20. Um, it, it, there's some work that needs to be done around him. But whenever you play Oklahoma State, like I said, if like John Morant, you play against Murray State, you're gonna have to stop that one guy.
2: What about um, what about some legacy guys like uh, uh, Pippin or um, Harper from St. John's? What about them? Um, are, are they any good? I mean, like those guys are legacy players. They're both juniors, I believe. Like, are those, te- are those teams any good? Are they gonna be in the tournament? Are they are they boogeyman guys? that can drop 30 on you
1: well not necessarily 30 like when you go when you look at a team like st john they are more uh team driven uh they when when their team plays well when all five individuals on that court play well the team ends up doing well and of course when you get into the tournament play some of these teams just completely change around you see that's why you see these 13 seeds upsetting and going to the sweet 16 and the elite eight and they show what they're capable of when they're in the dance
0: Well, and that tends to happen from time to time but what i'm gonna go ahead and do because this first course is almost up i want y'all to go ahead and throw this into a little doggy bag all right and fit pick this back up on ball don't lie but one thing that I really want you to understand, one thing I want to promote for you right now is this first episode of Score 30 um, from Score on Air staff and students is airing live at 630 Sunday on Score on Air Network and Facebook and on the YouTube. So make sure you're tuned into that and you're watching the Crock-Pot on Score on Air Network.
3: In sports, you wanna have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater people. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327. Or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the theater. design ideas for t-shirts but you're not sure where to go go to mojo sports gear that's right mojo sports gear at mojo sports gear you can get custom made shirts whatever design you need mojo sports gear can provide it don't forget to grab a custom made cap on your way out and rock the best headgear in the game give them a call at 614-864-6656 that's 614-864-6656
0: Stirring up the crockpot, score on air network, Seth Donahoe, Julian Jackson, and Pretty Boys Champ behind the producer's chair. So, we discussed a little bit about Draymond Green's drama, talked a little bit about the controversial coaching hire with the Minnesota Timberwolves, chatted a little bit about basketball, and then somehow Luca Garza made his way back into the conversation, uh, which we will be addressing that a little bit more on Ball Don't Lie, on our next episode after this stream
1: is over. Don't worry, pretty boy. You won't have to hear it. But it's not over for now, so we're going to
0: turn this crockpot up to high, and let's get into talking about what it really is a concern for me is Carson Wentz going to the Indianapolis Colts. Is this the right move for the Colts?
1: Is it? I mean, it, it works out well, honestly. Uh, You had Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson not seeing eye to eye, obviously, not talking for weeks on end in the uh, regular season last year out there in Philadelphia. And when it's when you're quarterback and you're obviously like on the field, they're going to be talking. But outside of that, outside of like meetings and stuff, I guess that there was no communication between the two whatsoever. And uh, that's a lot of drama to have. So I think that. Carson Wentz is going to feel a little rejuvenated, uh, feel a little bit better going into uh, this Colts team who they made a playoff uh, appearance last year. Uh, They have a a, a good defense, one of the top five defenses in the league, uh, to be able to help him out. And they got some young uh, weapons on the offensive side of the ball. So I think, is it the perfect fit? No, but it is. I think it works out well for both teams. One quarterback looking for a job and one team looking for a quarterback.
0: It's really the best that they could do at this point. Um, for what they got him for i believe it's a third rounder and then a conditional second rounder that could end up turning into a first for them if he plays 75% or more snaps correct which if you look at the uh, body type style you know pocket passer type guy Philip Rivers transitioning out they're not gonna have too much of um, they're not gonna have too many road bumps heading in to the season. And it should be a very smooth transition, especially with him getting there now, building these relationships with these players on this team. And they have a lot of room to work with since they made it to the first round of the playoffs, which then I do believe, can correct me if I'm wrong, ended up taking the L to the Bills. So I know uh, a pretty boy loves the Bills. That's his squad. But pretty boy, let me get your take on this.
2: I'm gonna tell you right now, it's uh, it's a pretty good fit, man. And I, I just, I don't like to say it, but it's really good. Frank Wright and Carson Wentz getting back together. You know, they was the OC when they won the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz had his best year there under Frank Wright. Um, the Colts are a top ten defense, top ten offense, top ten special teams. They got the best offensive line in the league running for the last three years since uh Frank Wright has been there. So, I mean, if Carson Wentz can halfway get it done, I mean, they should be right where they were last year with, with Phillip Rivers. And I think Carson Wentz is like a younger Phillip Rivers version. So, I, I mean, I, this is a good fit. You got a young running back and Jonathan Taylor who's just, I mean, the you know. But I will say something has to be said about Pittman Jr. not being willing to give up the number. Mm-hmm. That, now, I don't, you know. That's just some underlying things that, you know, peers talk about. You know, that hardly ever happens where you you get a top-notch guy and a receiver won't – another guy won't give up that number. So we we'll just had to wait and see about that one.
0: Yeah. Look, he might not be getting as much of the ball if he don't give that up. I mean, seriously, if you want to be a little immature, if you want to, you know, play like it is in high school, that's high school stuff for me. And I don't know, perhaps Michael Pittman Jr. has this deep affinity to number 11. But you're talking about a a former MVP candidate and a Super Bowl champion. I know he didn't really play that much or whatever, but he got them to the point so that Nick Foles could go ahead and take. he could pass the torch to Nick Foles when he was all injury-ridden and everything. So you better give that man the number, and I don't care if you don't. Let Carson Wentz start fresh, start new with this new squad, and is it the perfect fit? No, not necessarily, but it's a damn good one. And I'm looking forward to seeing what it is that they have to do, especially in their division, because they're very competitive in their division. Did they send three teams from that division to the playoff, just the two? Mm -hmm. So still, you're looking at the – there's so many different factors going into it. He's there early and on time. and But someone that is not early, not on time, and still in limbo, Deshaun Watson you've heard about this for too much time now way too much time you want to talk about a toxic environment and somewhere where then you go ahead and and come to terms to to amicably or mutually part ways with one of the best defensive ends who's played football and and jj watt so i'm upset i'm upset pretty boy what's up
2: you know, this is this one right here really sh- his home for me because I, I just – he wants out. J.J. Watt wants out. Carson Wentz wants out. Matthew Stafford wants out. All these guys that want out. Why are you holding him hostage? Mm-hmm. People yeah. are calling you up, offering you two and three first-round picks for this man and players. Let him go. Take these picks, take this money, take this compensation. All these players want to be let go. You let J.J. just walk. You know what I mean? A lot of guys are just either you're getting traded or you're getting walking papers. Mm -hmm. And it's like you're not going to let him walk. So go ahead and trade him. He does not want to be there. You're already looking like you're rebuilding. You're already giving up your best player on defense. He definitely wants out let him go I'm just I'm over it like man I just see all these guys getting moved around and why is he still there and you're like we're not trading why are you holding him hostage
1: yeah I don't I, I agree with you I don't get and you use the the perfect word there is he's being held hostage he's clearly stated he wants to be traded he doesn't want anything to do with the organization and Houston is just like nah we'll, we'll keep you around like who you're not benefiting him or your team if you have him riding the bench, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, ride the bench. He had his best career last year, uh, numbers-wise. Him riding the bench on your team is not benefiting the entire team and organization in any way whatsoever. And it's just very confusing. I don't know what the Texans' end game, what their plan is, at the end of this, but right now there are too many questions and not enough answers.
2: That's the problem with the Texans. They don't know they end game. Yeah, Like they have no idea where they're going with this. And that's my problem. Like you've traded everyone. You moved everybody. You sold out to try to get a ring. You were up 24 nothing on Kansas city. You let them come back. And then you, what you, you got rid of nuke. You broke this thing. Now, now you got rid of what now, on um, Watson wants to let him out. Get three first-round picks for him and let yeah. him go.
0: And I'll tell you right now, guess how much this man is losing out on. And and I could break it down into fractions, but I crunched a few numbers last night. So just go ahead and listen to this. Tell him, Julian. $100,000 he misses out on for missing out on minicamp. Okay, 100 Gs. I mean, for, for what? On a $156 million contract? You could take 100 right? That, that's what Deshaun Watson, I mean, I don't know. He didn't text me or call me to tell me this information, but I'm sure he's okay with that, right? If you're going to talk about sitting out a whole season, you're okay with losing $100,000 for minicamp. Minicamp's about 56 days, okay? And you talk about training camp. Oh, I'm sorry, training camp, I believe, is 56 days. So this is where you end up coming up with $50,000 a day you miss out on for each day of training camp you miss. That's a lot of money. 56 days of training camp. $620,000 for each preseason game and since they were adding some games and then added a team to the playoffs, I believe they were talking about just two. I don't know if that is what is still discussed at this time, but even if it is just those two. If he misses out on all of minicamp camp, each day of training camp, and I don't know why you wouldn't. If you say you're sitting out, you're sitting out. And then $620,000 per preseason game, that's a grand total of $3.75 million. And then you I, we didn't even get into and they haven't even I could not find the numbers yet on what it would cost him to sit out each game if he decided to sit out the entire year. But just to sit out until the gear starts, it's he's making thirty nine million a year on this hundred fifty six million dollar four year contract. You let tell him that he's gonna miss out on three point seven five million dollars? Okay, shrugs. I mean Kanye shrugged for that. <laughs> because there's no way in the world that if you're going to keep him hostage, that he's ever going to give way to you and what it is your desires and whatever it is you want. Because you told him that you were going to let him have a choice or let him, you were going to take some of his influence on who that was gonna be the GM, who was gonna be the new head coach. And then after the, the, the CEO and president from a few years back went and said, you can't let the inmates run the prison, then he passes away in 2018, hands it off to his son, and it's still a wreck. So they can't get it figured out. They have no end game. They don't know what it is that they want, but they're trying to hold back for all this time. If you keep on playing this waiting game, you're going to end up with nothing, and that means you won't get your draft picks for him. You're gonna get nothing because he's gonna sit there on the bench and take a. Thir- if it does end up being 39 million dollars, that's how much it means to him not to play with that organization, and that is a problem. If you have someone and you hand them $39 million and they tell you no, figure it out. And it's very upsetting for me and any other fan who likes entertainment because you take the best quarterback from this year and you're not going to do anything with him. That's a problem in the NFL. Someone needs to step in and say something because if this doesn't get worked out, you might as well just go ahead and move that franchise again.
1: Yeah, I don't know if... If there's something that, like Roger Cadell, the NFL commissioner, can do, I don't know if there's any kinds of terms or, uh, I guess, in a sense, legal issues, like NFL legal issues for a team not abiding to a certain way. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that there's a way that if Deshaun Watson wanted to, pays him a certain amount of money to officially cut that contract and ended up becoming a free agent i don't know but something has to be done because this is it's just ridiculous well
2: they 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 can't just cut him or waive him the cap hit will be 42 million or something crazy like that to just wave him or cut him so you can't you can't just get rid of him because it still costs you 40 million dollars just to get rid of him so like you literally have to trade him and get something back for him.
1: And like what you were saying, I don't know if – why not trade him and get one or two first-round picks that can help your team in the future instead of hurting your team now and however long this little stalemate goes on?
2: Because they stupid. This is, this is Houston Texan fo- football. This is how they run their organization. They got one dude in their ring of honor and um, – um, you know, like like that—that that is the extent of, of the, the Houston Texans. And I don't
0: even want to get into all the things they can't or couldn't do because they had Jadavion Clowney, and whether or not that was going to end up being a thing, they did nothing with him. They had J.J. Watt, and they had him for 10 years. He loved, he loved Texas. He loved Houston. He bought in. Everything that he was doing was his whole love for the game. And then all of a sudden, you take that all the way, you get rid of Denard Hopkins –
1: DeAndre,
0: you, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you get rid of. I'm all. I'm all flared up right now. I need to take off this this hoodie because I'm 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 fuming. And you you send him out, and that pissed off Deshaun Watson, and then you go ahead and you get rid of J.J. Watt. And you, you, you part ways with him. And then so it's obvious that, that it is a rebuild and they don't know what they want to do. That's why they're taking and entertaining all these offers. Because what they're saying is, oh, we don't know what to do with our hands. Please, someone tell me what to do with these. We have these guys and, and we don't know what we want to do next. But the people are coming to them. Teams are coming to them and saying, we'll give you this. We'll give you that. And they're going, no, no, no. Well, guess what? eventually you're going to have to give in. So do you want to start the rebuild now? And they needed to do this before the draft because time's ticking. Mm-hmm. Because once teams start making their selections, then th- then it's going to be like, okay, you guys, just, you just got to eat Deshaun Watson's money, and he's not going to play for you this year. And, and what are you going to do? So that brings me to my next point. If they sit him out, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, and you know that that is bad when the guy that has loved – playing for the Houston Texans organization and J.J. Watt all of a sudden wants out. That right there is the ultimate red flag. Yeah. Continue. Man.
0: What else you got for me, pretty boy?
2: I mean, I'm in the same mind frame and the same mood as you. I'm just like, I'm over it. You know, like, we've seen the going rate for Matt Stafford. They overprayed for him, obviously. You've seen a guy like... Carson Wentz and what they pay for him. He has just as many wins as as Matthew Stafford in 12 seasons. So it's like I think the Colts made out with that one. At the worst, they give up a first-rounder. So we, we see what the going rate for quarterbacks are right now. So it's like at the end of the day, you, you just need to move him, and you can – high price right now you know what i mean you can four first rounders three first rounders a couple second rounders some players in there i mean look what Stafford went for you get the right partner you can really do something in this draft and this draft is really deep with players defensive ends receivers quarterbacks i mean this is like the top 100 players in this draft are really good and if you can get 6 or 7 of those top 100 players like you're on your way back to
1: rebuilding. Well, and just like you said, uh you with the Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. deal, you you find that team that you both can mutually agree with and end up working something out. You mean to tell me that you don't want the The Jets, what second overall pick? You don't want the Carolina Panthers eighth overall pick. You can't make a trade with somebody to where you can get a top four, top five pick to where you can get one of these. Four probably solid quarterbacks coming into the draft this year. Trevor Lawrence, Justin. Well, we know Trevor Lawrence is probably going to the Jaguars. Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, there's just
0: so uh, – it's very of, confusing. There's so many guys out here who are eligible. So what we're going to do for you, Houston Texans, we're going to offer up a solution. On the crock pot here, you don't on know. score on there.
1: You don't know how to. Okay?
0: Because you don't know what you're doing, so we're going to do it for you. Okay? You don't have a good enough front office, so we are going to be your front office. Okay? Here's what you got. Carolina Panthers, they have a number eight pick. They have Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe you don't want him. Take him or leave him. That's fine. There's other teams who are still looking for quarterbacks, and if you don't want to deal Deshaun Watson to him, you don't have to, but you need to send him somewhere where there's a question mark. That's one. Chicago Bears are dealing with Mitchell Trubisky. They've also got Nick Foles. And, and I love Nick Foles. I've always been a huge Nick Foles fan. Yep. I thought that what he was able to do when he was playing with the Philadelphia Eagles and be able to take the torch from Carson Wentz and then be able to lead that team, the guy's a winner. He's a freaking winner. And you took him, and he was able to do everything he had to do for Doug Peterson and the whole rest of that organization. And what did they do to return the favor to him? They let him go because it's like, oh, well, we're going to go ahead and start our franchise guy. Well, Nick Foles is the one who's winning games for you, you dummy. And then look where you end up. Now you got Jalen Hurts, and then you Carson Wentz is gone. So there's that, Philly, the city of brotherly love. Get it out. Anyway. Get it out. Denver Broncos. Okay, they got Drew Locke, and they got the number nine pick. Maybe that's not good enough. But, look, you're looking at more than just in this draft right away because, Houston, you're going to need more than just this draft. And you've had these offers before. And that's why I'm so dumbfounded is why you've not made any further decision yet to move forward with anyone or even entertain. You're still sitting up like you're a a salty girl at the dance because the guy decided that he didn't want to go with you and he asked you to dance. New England. Has a number 15 pick, and they're still dealing with the Cam Newton, Jarrett Stidham situation. And if you want someone to emulate Deshaun Watson, even in later years, you could still go ahead and look at, you know, Cam Newton as an option there.
1: And New England is probably my. If Bill Belichick wanted a way to get Deshaun Watson, I'm sure that he could find out a way to get him because I feel like that might be, honestly, the best location that. Um, Deshaun Watson could go. Oh,
2: that's horrible! That uh, that that is absolutely horrible. They have no running backs. They have no tight ends. They got like they six have running. No, backs. yeah, you got six. <laughs> you got none. You, like, you, listen, they that offense is horrible. Those special players, or those those players around him, are horrible
1: but also look at new england last year how many people they had opt out defensively
2: defensively they had nine players on defense none on offense that offense is horrible okay
0: still hurts the team not to be able to have a good quarterback and i don't believe necessarily that josh mcdaniels is the best fit for Mm -mm. deshaun watson deshaun watson needs to be somewhere where they've already had a quarterback so i like him going and, and playing with Carolina Panthers. There's plenty of teams on here that wouldn't necessarily make the cut, but if they give up years of draft picks, then they can really build something with them. Who is it? Is it Sean? Is it Sean Rule, Coach Rule? Let's we'll just go with Coach Rule mm-hmm. down in Carolina. Matt Rule or Matt Rule in Carolina. So if you have him, and then you're switching off or because they had Cam Newton, and then he got switched around and all the rest of that. They brought up Teddy Bridgewater, didn't really seem to work out, and then someone had talks about giving up McCaffrey to Houston. To be able to do that, and then that just would decimate your entire offense. That I defeats w- the entire purpose.
2: Never, I would never no. give up McCaffrey no. for no. anybody. No,
0: that just no. And then that's absolutely ridiculous. And then that's, these are you know these are sources from other places that four letter network. I mean, different kind of stuff like that. So <laughs> I know that we are getting ready to go back into break, and I, I want you to know once more about score thirty. At 6 o'clock on Score on Air Network.
1: I did not think you were going there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a Score on Air Network Sunday night at 6 is going to be the first episode of Score 30, and it's going to be featuring the new Chieftain Center down in Logan, Ohio, and also a, new, a female wrestler who is emerging in the sport and as a young lady, and she's doing a great job at it. So go ahead and check out our commercial and make sure you're
2: tuning in on Sunday at 6. You're watching the Crockpot Score on Air Network.
3: In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right, everywhere. a real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater people. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player, that is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327 or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater people. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327. Or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the theater.
0: Had to add a little bit of water to the Crock-Pot. Had to turn it down to low. We were getting a little hot, getting a little little steamy. It was
1: boiling. Getting a little steamy, willy beamy in here,
0: you know, when the Crock-Pot. You know, it gets too hot, and then all the water starts, you know, starts evaporating, and then your stuff can get a little bit dry. Well, we want to go ahead and make sure that we're keeping the flavor in there. We don't want to dry this all out. But we are still in discussion at this moment about what the Houston Texans could do. Texans should be doing, and they are in (laughs) confliction with everything that you know to be true about NFL and in the franchise. You have 32 NFL teams. You have so many different options, and we were just going over what New England should be doing and how, you know, who would end up being the best fit there. We also talked about Matt Rule with the Carolina Panthers, and where, where could Deshaun Watson end up being a good fit? And one of those places, I truly believe, is with the Carolina Panthers. That would be a good fit for him, given the coaches that they have and what they have to work with, like Christian McCaffrey. That right there really sticks out to me as a great landing spot, despite them only having a number eight pick in this year's draft. But if we're going simply off picks, then you'd want to go with with the New York Jets. But what do the New York Jets have to offer Deshaun Watson once he gets there? You You just came off of an atrocious season you won when you weren't supposed to okay you could have had the number one pick which would have helped either get trevor lawrence or whoever whoever you wanted i don't even want to make it about trevor lawrence it could be anyone you want you have the first pick just don't screw it up and then what you do is you beat the browns who ended up making the playoffs and then you set yourself in a hole and put yourself back at number two what do the Jets have to offer the Houston Texans?
1: Well, for one, the Houston Texans need to realize that they're not going to get a quarterback of a Deshaun Watson caliber, no matter who they trade with or anything. Uh, to go back what you were to go back to what you were talking about earlier with Carolina, you know, if you trade um, Deshaun Watson and get Teddy Bridgewater, you Get a decent quarterback who's been in the league. He's experienced. He knows how the NFL works. But you you need to realize that you're not going to get the perfect deal if you're the Texans. You're going to have to suffice this year and maybe next year, a couple years from now, then start picking up on how you can improve each and every year. Um, it's just – I don't know. I don't know. I think – Houston is. That's what they're trying to do. Is try and get the perfect deal. They're trying to like trade Deshaun Watson for Tom Brady. Like it's just not going to happen. So they. It just goes back to what we were talking about earlier. We don't know what the end game is for them.
0: Um, there are so many different options. I don't want to continue to harp on this so much. We do have some other stuff to get to, but I'm also going to touch on. You know, there's there's stuff going on in New Orleans. And Drew Brees, still, without a decision. I, mean, I don't know if he's going to end up doing the whole LeBron show. Hey, I'm going to take my talents to coaching a youth football team. I don't know what he's going to do. And everything and the, the, the cinematography and everything that they made it seem when Tom Brady and him matched up in the last few weeks of the season made it seem as if Drew Brees was going to be making his exit. And nothing has been confirmed, but you also have Jameis Winston in waiting and Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, great on his feet. He's thrown some balls that seem to have been, you know, able to get them to score and to win the game. But the New Orleans Saints still kind of pulling up short. So not necessarily the best fit for Deshaun Watson. And, I don't know, Sean Payton, he doesn't seem like that type of guy who's going to end up getting somebody like Deshaun Watson. I just – I don't want to see his talent wasted um, anywhere.
2: I got to intervene on this one. Listen, man – Sean Payton and Deshaun Watson, that's 40 points a game. That's like, what I'm thinking. You, know, it'll, it'll, you, you put him down there in New Orleans with my, uh, uh, Alvin Kamara and, and – Mike Thomas. Come on, man. Jared Cook. Are you serious right now? <laughs> like, that's like it. like that That would be like, you know, you go down there, you know you better strap it up and be ready to score, and that's super dumb with – With Deshaun Watson running that team, I mean, they look great with Jameis Winston. I can't even imagine if you put four back there.
0: You're going to have to get rid of a whole lot more. You're going to have to get rid of half that offense to be able to have Deshaun Watson, unless you're giving off future, future, future draft picks.
1: Of course you are.
0: And and I don't know if that's a leap they're going to take. Now, now, it, it... I may have misspoke by saying that his talents would be wasted there, but I I struggled to see the vision of how he would fit in there with everything they have going on right now.
2: Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you'd have to get rid of all those bums. You know, like, <laughs> There's a lot know, of bums just, that, that, <laughs> that,
0: that, that the Texans aren't willing to have. So that's something I really just don't see, and I'm more concerned about if it's going to be Jameis Winston or if it's going to be Taysom Hill. And either one of those is like, eh. Compared to Drew Brees, Drew Brees was playing with like a just a half rack of ribs, you know. Like my man was hurt. <laughs> she could throw them in the crock pot, and I was, I was snacking on that. Man,
2: he was he was out there crying though. Yeah. Man, I thought it was over. Man, he was out that there teary-eyed. It. Now you now you flexing, acting like you're gonna come back. Man, just God, stop. Don't Hang like it up. Yeah, it's don't, over.
0: Don't pull a breath. Please, just don't end up doing that thing. And once he's gone, he needs to be done. I'm sure his wife wants him to be done. There's a lot to going into that. Um, But obviously the New York Jets with Sam Darnold, I still struggle to see why Deshaun Watson would want to be there. And the the no trade clause in his contract is for him to say no. So that was put in there from his agent and his camp on that side for them to want to just deal him out to anybody at any time and then for him to say, "Uh uh-uh, no, not going.
1: Well, the only thing I could think of is, I guess, Deshaun Watson likes the new uh, coach that they just got from San Francisco. Robert S- Sala. Sala, yeah. yeah. That would be the only thing that I could think of why he would want to go out there. That's because, what he said. That's, yeah.
2: that's the reason he likes the coach that yeah. he's never played for and doesn't know anything about. And he's a defensive-minded coach. Deshaun Watson just... Sit back and relax, and let your agent do the work. Okay, you don't know what's going on. You're asking to go to the Jets. He's a defensive-minded coach. They don't have any weapons out there, man. Just chill out, yeah, yeah. chillax, man. He's,
0: he's been in the, he's been in the league for what four years.
2: Yeah, yep.
0: he got that four-year extension. He coming off the best season you've seen out of a quarterback. His best season ever. Let's just leave it like yeah. that. But the best he had the best results out of any quarterback in the league. this year. Yeah, he had the in most the
2: passing, team. he most passing yards. So. It, man, it's, like it's just third absolutely with like incredible, but you hate to yeah. see
0: something like that, and the team's losing all the time. So, yes, the, he, he there's, I, I would hate to see him there, but he needs to go chill in Cabo or in Honduras or anywhere else he needs to be and just chill out and relax by the beach just the same way that Zeke and all the rest of them did it.
2: Man, I even man, to see him. Man, hold on, man. I- <laughs> Man, Zeke ain't been the same since he came back from Cowboy. man. He looks slow. I mean, you know what? I'm going to stop right now, man.
0: You know, all right. We can talk about that at another time. (laughs) I think the
1: Cowboys (laughs) organization is a whole nother show itself.
0: (laughs) And being a Washington football team fan, we're going to forego any of that
1: discussion right now. We don't mess
0: with any of those stars. We did go 2-0 against them this year. Uh, to finish up, there's a big issue in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger. They've got Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph in waiting. Mason Rudolph, Ben Roethlisberger kind of started you know, eating less burgers and, and cheese fries and all the rest of that stuff in Pittsburgh when Mason Rudolph was drafted, and he was so offended that Mason Rudolph was drafted. And it's like, dude, you, eventually they need to get someone to replace you. So someone in waiting is the, is the way. Then he had that elbow jacked up. Mason Rudolph ended up getting beat up by, you know, by, uh, by Miles Garrett. It was just a whole disaster in the season before last. And then Ben Rothberger comes out. He's got one final year. Who knows what's going to happen out there. But Dwayne Haskins, he's still not ready, and we've talked about that in the past. Jimmy Garoppolo. If they could do enough with the number 12 pick, and I, I understand that number 12 is not enticing enough for the Houston Texans to be able to want to take it, but with future picks and maybe a couple other players, like they had talked about a Bosa going down there or something crazy, you know, I could see Deshaun Watson in San Francisco.
2: Um, I don't know why they wouldn't want to take the 12th pick. That's where Deshaun Watson was drafted, number 12. So it, it it's hard for me to to figure out why you wouldn't want that 12th pick. But... uh. I hate to segue, but prolific sports. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to uh, the Patriots. You think he's going back? Uh, they're they're making calls for him right now. I got somebody right now waiting for. Why for, for the text message they're gonna oh, text okay. me? So as a matter of fact, he's, right he's now, going to the Patriots though. So, so
0: Pretty Boy is a uh, Score on Air Network's uh modern day Adam Schefter. And <laughs> apparently we have some news coming through yet to be heard, yet to be seen, yet to be known. But if you go ahead and tune into his show on Friday, you'll find out more about that. So I'll let I'll go ahead and put the Garoppolo stuff to rest <laughs> until we get that breaking from Pretty Boy's Champ. No. Um but, and then the Washington football team, uh, Taylor Heineke, ended up getting a little extension here recently. Alex Smith, they're not going to be in t- contention for Deshaun Watson as much as I want to dream it. Rub the genie, rub the you know little genie bottle, or I don't even know what you call that thing. Little genie, little wishing well, whatever it is, man. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Wishing won- well?
0: It's the little genie thing, man. You rub the little genie vase or whatever. The ja- it's genie lamp, lamp. It's called a it's lamp. It's a lamp. It don't even look like a lamp. It's a genie lamp. It looks like a teapot.
2: Yeah. Anyway, just,
0: look. I want to say prayers for Deshaun Watson. It's not going to happen. It's plain and simple. So, look, there is a pressing issue in the sports world that I have to discuss, and I would expect for this to be, you know, typically I am. I don't want to say too busy because I don't ever want to say I have I don't have time, but these are typically the type of things that are talked about on the Prolific Sports Podcast, from what I understand. And right now, even more so, and I think that I blew up so much on the Texans that I don't even have enough emotion remaining to be able to talk about how disgusting it is that Kevin Mather, the Seattle Mariner CEO and president, was able to come up and even show his face in public at this point in time after the comments that he made surrounding the – the, the players and their lack of being able to speak English. And there were so many different things. And I just started jotting down notes and watching interview after interview and seeing what he was saying and digging himself in deeper and deeper of a hole. He has no place in any sports organization ever. If you don't like that you have 30% of the guys playing in the MLB – that come from places other than America and that sport is basically on the backs of these guys who come here from other countries to live better lives you have no place in this world let alone in a sports organization and i am i, I i'm the more i talk about it the more i get upset i don't know if you guys heard about it okay but it's a big deal and you have no place in this world not not definitely not in sports. And that it's it's just inexcusable that someone like that can actually resign that, that we allow for people to save face in a way by putting a label on it like resignation. You are fired anything else that that it has to be said about that they stepped away from the job they were asked to leave they were this any other synonym for being fired call it what it is he's done you're finished it is not something that is acceptable in this world nor nor not in 2021 not in 1960 we don't do that so with that said, I want to be able to break you down with a little bit of information here about. So, that. Well, with that said, I just
1: want to be able to <laughs> uh,
0: uh, real it, passive taking that back into the MLB. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. Congratulations! He's 22 years old. He's got a contract for 340 million dollars for 14 years. Now, I think that 14 years is is too much. And in signing something like that at 22 years old, but he's saying he wants legacy. He's saying that he wants to be there for his entire career. They're throwing him into place. But you don't know what's to come. They could end up dealing you, trading you at any point.
2: He got robbed. He got robbed, man. he He got robbed. Blind. Who's his agent? smack him slap him <laughs> upside his head Patrick Mahomes just signed a 10 year deal in the NFL for 500 million you signed a baseball deal for 14 and 340 you got robbed
0: there's got to be something in there. I haven't seen all the details, and his agent has not yet contacted me. I don't.
1: Have you? Has he
0: have you heard from? His agent has not yet contacted us with any word over when he might have bonuses. You know, there could be things, player incentives along the way. But still, if I'm at 22 years old and you put 340 million dollars on contract in front of me, I, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's hard to turn yeah. down. That's, that's, that's difficult. But uh, and he's he's definitely one of the new faces of the he, faces he de- of the league. He
2: definitely is. So he got he, some really bad advice. Like, dude, you are the premier player in the league. Like when it comes to just like that all around Ken Griffey type guy yeah. as outfielder and glove and bat and speed and you got Play this smile. Those, yeah, you know. So it's just like, dude, you who's your agent? Fire
0: him. Oh no man, we need to get him with uh with, with the rock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fire him with the rock is what, what he needed. Wow. But the thing is, I, I love the humility in the kid. Um his nickname's El Nino, and, and he's really a boy living out his dream. And that right there needs needs no applause. I mean, the kid doesn't even need a pat on the back. He he's home and he's working on the farm in his free time in the yeah. Dominican Republic. Yeah. What more can you ask from from a kid who's twenty two years old?
1: You know he's just um, known. How what more can
2: I ask for, man? Get off that farm, man, and start swinging at these curveballs, man. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I'm asking from you right now, man. Put the put the the horse feed down, man, and pick that bat up and swing at these curveballs, man.
1: Look, when you've been doing it your whole life, it's just. I, I you it, it's, know. I, I know. It's not like your I'm passion or anything, man. but it's hard I want to walk you away. A
2: million jumpers. That's why I don't like LeBron because he ain't shot enough jumpers in his career. He ain't shot enough free throws he's in his the, career. Once a
0: Kobe, always a Kobe, though. And wrestling. Hey, so practice enough free throws in his program. But we know where pretty boy sits. <laughs> um, so, And I didn't get around to it last week. But the Black History Month honoree is going out to Bill Willis. Bill Willis, an All-American, uh, the first black All-American in OSU history. He's a Columbus, Ohio native. Mm-hmm. He went to East High School. Um, he's a member of the College Football and Pro Football Hall of Fames. He was a three year starter. He played on offensive and defensive line. The dude was only two hundred and fifteen pounds. I mean soaking wet. And that's absolutely unbelievable to think about because today we see that as very small. You know, if you're gonna play O line, D line. Most D
1: linemen are two sixty, most O linemen are like three hundred now.
0: Even when you have six four, you know, like two seventy five and they just it just it's just it's just so much <laughs> just, bigger. It's crazy And the speed and everything, and I don't even care. But, but that's uh, all
1: part of the evolution of how sports have progressed. Uh, that is,
0: yeah. I mean, this guy was playing back in the 40s, a part of the 1942 National Championship team, um, All-American honors in 43 and 44. And then uh, he served the director of Ohio Youth Commission, and he actually got his number retired in 2008, um, and he passed away on November in November of 2007. So we do want to recognize you, Bill Willis, and we thank you. For your time and your service here, even if you're not a Buckeye fan, but knowing that you are a black individual and what you've done. So, we thank you very much for tuning in today, for checking us out. Please go ahead and stream us later on. You're watching The Crockpot. Thank you for listening to The Crockpot, brought to you by the Score On Air Network. You can watch and listen live on Tuesday afternoons. Be sure to follow me at Jay Jackson On Air on Twitter and Instagram for updates. Also, be sure to follow the Score On Air Network Facebook page. Thanks for listening.